Father, it is that amazing grace that the very angels gaze upon and they as well are amazingly amazed of a God who is holy and righteous and set apart but that you would come as a human being and take on the likeness of us but yet without sin so that you would save us sozo rescue us from the ravages of Egypt from the falling the can world that we all inhabit. And here today, Father, it's all of this is a testament to the grace of you. In all of our lives, you are calling many sons and daughters from out of the land of Egypt and bringing us all by your hand, by your grace and by your mercy to that promised land for which we were originally created for. Holy Spirit, this is your moment to speak to your people, make it plain, make it practical. Help those that are here today maybe for the first time or the second time, or whatever the case may be. May you speak to their hearts, open up their eyes and the ears of their heart that they may hear your word and hear your voice. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, Quest. Thank you. Before I have you stand, I want to make an announcement, and we're trying to do this going forward. Um, you know, we're getting used to first times everything, and so going forward, we try to be mindful for all of us visitors, those coming. Um, we're probably trying to put some people out there just to first 15, 20 minutes of service, but. Past this light here, I can't think of the name of the street, but at the corner of our building in the beauty land, we want to park going this way. And that's a reason why for that, because there are no open business that we know of on Sundays other than us. Um, Mr. Payne White, um, he's a, um, one of our business that we like to support. We buy a lot of food from him. And so his customers like to come and pull up and they think his restaurant is on full. <laughs> because we have parked there, so, and so they're driving by. And so, I don't want Mr. Payne, if you ever met Mr. Payne, he could become nice, not so nice Mr. Payne. So, we wanna see Payne one day actually sitting here being touched of the Lord. And so, so just going forward uh, as pastor, just try to park um, that light and go here, and so, uh, his customers who love to eat that soul food and that chicken and stuff, which I do as well, but 
Praise be to God, I've been trying to fight the good fight of faith and not go in there as much. And so, well, let's stand um, in the reading of God's word. Just got one scripture this morning. Um, and it is pursuing the promised lands, our text today. And it says, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Lord, your faithful love endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. The grass withers and the flower fades. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. As you can imagine, um, for some reason I'm not crying today, maybe because I've cried it out, but you never know. Um, it's, it can come up any time, and so, and therefore, um, God is good. Today we are uh, celebrating um, our first official worship service here in this new renovated space. Most of you may know this, but some of you don't. That was once a Bargain Town store. I don't know what Bargain Town was, but I think it was a store that sold everything, kind of like a, a Dollar General or something like that. Uh, this space that all of us here today are enjoying is a tangible testimony to the faithfulness of God, who calls many sons and daughters who were at one time dead in our sins and trespasses in Egypt, which is our vision. Egypt represents the fallen world. And we were under the power and the dominion of Pharaoh, basically Satan. But the God of the Bible, the word of God, not the false gods that you hear coming out of the world, there are many of them, but the God of the Bible, of these 66 books, um, that God is good. He's faithful. He is merciful. He is kind. He is just. He is compassionate. And he's gracious. And he's slow to anger and abounding in faithful love. Hebrew word there's hasset love, a love that never ends, an unfailing love. The God of the Bible has created every human being that have ever existed in the past, the present, and the future. All humans have one thing in common. All have been created in the image and likeness of this God. Therefore, they all have inherent dignity, worth, value, unique personalities. Therefore, there is a purpose for their human existence and creation. You have to sit with what I just said each and every day. 
you have to sit with those statements that you've been made by God, and that there's worth, value, that you have a unique personality, and there's a purpose for your existence. You have to sit with that. You have to meditate upon it daily. It's important because we live in a world that is fast-paced, that is driven by a worldview that says life is all a happenstance, which means there is no reason for you. There is no sense of purpose for your life, for your being, and for your human existence, that you're just kind of here by random happenstance. You're constantly getting that from the world, from all of the social media, TikTok, and everything else that's constantly coming at us. And so therefore, this is important what I'm about to say, a very important statement. The pursuit of the promised land is the driving desire behind what we are all witnessing and observing here today. That this has come about by that pursuit of the promised land. What you and I are now here today, this morning, this church called Urban Hope Community Church. The, 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 the desire of it, the drive behind it for the promised land, that this has, has come out of that. Very practical. I was once lost. I was once dead, chasing after the wind of the world, doing the same thing over and over again. A drunk in the morning, a drunk at evening. but God. Our vision as a church, saints, is leading people out of Egypt and into this promised land. Dion explained what Egypt is. It's the falling life of every human outside of God. But most of the time, people say, well, we're a pastor, I see, you say, you're leading us out and we're leading us into the promised land. And you would say, but then what is the promised land? Because you're witnessing it today, in a sense, in a personal way. These things don't come overnight. They come over time. So you would say, pastor, what is the promised land? Well, I believe that Genesis 1.26, I had Sister Karen read it, answers this question better than what any human can ever do. And this is why I said you have to sit with it for a while. You can't just peruse over it. You have to meditate daily upon this reality that what I'm about to share with you, that Genesis 1.26, 28 answers 
better than any human being can ever. Because it is God himself that defines what it means to be a human being. It is not from a philosopher. It is not from a scientist. It is not from your mother or your father, though we love them, honoring your mother and father. It is not from them. But your creator, God himself, answers this question. And that God says in Genesis chapter 1, let us make humans, a man, in our image, according to our likeness. And they will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created them. In the image of God, he created them male and female. Masculine, feminine, male and female. Bible theologians call this image and likeness of God Imago Dei. It's just want to be simplified, say Imago Dei, meaning you're made in the image and likeness of God. Which means you and I are a snapshot of God with God-like characteristics. We are not God. Don't do the Jay-Z thing. <laughs> some of that stuff that comes out of the East Coast. You hear some people walking around, I'm a God. No, you're not a God. <laughs> Please. But you've been made in the image and likeness of God. You're a snapshot of God. You have inherent God characteristics, ability to think and reason, make decisions, create. You can't create something out of nothing. Only God can do that. Only God can speak into nothing and call there to be light. You can go outside and say, stop raining. Rain say, what? Rain say, I'm not going to stop. You say, I ain't going to say, pull out the umbrella. This Imago Day means that we have been created with intentionality for a purpose, for a reason. True life, true meaning. So therefore, living life according to the plan and purpose which God created you and I is the promised land. That's what we mean when we say leading us out of Egypt and into the promised land, meaning you and I are living true life. True meaning. This promised land is not about how big or how small it is, but that which brings glory and praise to God. Because it is you being your true you as if from God's perspective. When God made you and formed you in your mother's womb, what did he have in mind? Is it all just by chance? Is it all just by chance today that I'm here being a preacher and a pastor? Did this just come about because of just luck or the lucky charm? But was it in the mind of God who 
formed me in my mother's womb 55 years ago in Sardis, Alabama. He created me and he knew each of my days and your days before one of them, according to Psalms 139, came to be. That's purpose. That's promised land. It's us being the true us. According to God's purpose. Egypt represents us not being the true humans that God originally created us to be. We see it every day. Death, sorrow, pain, brokenness, overdose, drug habits. The distortion, distorted humans. One of the saddest things that we see as human beings when we drive in our cars, we pull up the highway, we see a grown man, a grown woman standing there all day long in the hot, cold, winter, summer, rain with a sign barely written asking. And most of us all know that most of them, we stop and pray for them and try to encourage them that that just from our own observation, that, that there's something wrong with that. That that's not what God intended for a human being to be. Those are mothers and sons and daughters and children. Some of them have multiple children. Some of them were married people. But sin and, and brokenness and distortion. That's Egypt. Marred identity. Marred meaning not able to see the true person that you are in God. Low self-esteem humans. The selfish humans. See, selfish people. I mean, why are you so selfish? Why can't you just give a little? Why can't you just think about the other? Just a snippet. Egypt, the wandering happenstance humans who keep trying to find the promised land through their own means, through the false gods all around us, which are not good gods at all. Notice when we come here and we sing, we start out by saying and declaring that God is good, but the false gods, they are brutal. The sex God is brutal. The, the lust God is brutal. The, the, the money God is brutal. The greed God is, is brutal. They, they, they cannot meet the human heart. They're not good gods. Small g. They are brutal. But it's sometimes what you see in Egypt this is the overlay of the Bible, in a sense. God's people are in Egypt working for Pharaoh daily, mundane tasks of just making brick and straw with no sense of purpose or direction. And what brought this about in all of our lives is the fall of humanity. 
which we see in Genesis chapter 3. This is why I say you have to sit with Genesis 1, 26 to 28, because I had to do that for, for multiple years. It was a fight of faith. It didn't come overnight. It was fighting to believe God at his word. Not what I had heard, not what I was, had been told from my upbringing from Sardis, but what God had said about me. And what God says about you, you have, to, you have to fight for that. You have to believe that. Because Genesis 3 comes, which is the fall of humanity. And most of us, if we're not careful, we find ourselves believing the lies of the evil one. Who says this and that. But what we know to be true, that this falling condition that we may find ourselves in here today, it is not the original intent of God. God's original intent is that we be the human beings that he created us to be in Christ Jesus. Psalms 138 says, the psalmist says that the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Lord, your faithful love endures forever and do not abandon the work of your hands. Let me tell you something, saints. God is committed to fulfilling his purpose for us. That's why we were made. That's why we were created. God is committed to that. That's what the psalmist is saying, that God will fulfill his purpose. You know why I know that's true? It's taken me a long time to understand, you know, because we hear this story about Jesus and I used to say, you know, you know, when Jesus saves me, and some of you are asking this question today, when, when Jesus saves me, is it just about the singing and the dancing within the walls of a building? Or is it much more to this? Does Jesus, when he calls me and saves me from Egypt, saves me from my sins, is there a sense of purpose that he has in his mind in calling me and you to life? The Lord will fulfill his purpose. God sent his son to come and to save us, to save us from ourselves, to save us from our sins, to save us and to bring us to Zoe life, true life, true meaning, true purpose. This what we're witnessing didn't start yesterday. It started 30 years ago. And that God who spoke then is still speaking today. Says, come and follow me and I will do this. God had in mind where he was taking me all along. And there were lots of ups and downs and bumps in the road. Oh, he said, come, leave the club life. Leave the single fornicating life. 
lead the life of just doing what all of your friends are doing, which many of them are still doing to this very day. One woman, one woman, each day, each year, and nothing changes. I see them on Facebook and I just pray for them. Every now and then they'll say, thanks unto God, and then he'll go into a bunch of curse words. <laughs> but God is committed. David says, to fulfill his purpose for me. Because that's why he created you. He created you to live out for his glory and praise the promised land. That's what it is. Where we pro proclaim the praises of him. And this is why Jesus has come. John 10, 10, that we may have life, life more abundantly. The pursuing the promised land is only realized in Jesus. It's not outside of him. It's in him and through him and for him. These things come. Because it is he, it's the one that has created us. And he knows you this morning more intimately than anyone else knows. He is the one that gave you your personality. He is the one that gave you your fingerprint. He is the one that numbered the hairs that are upon your head. He is the one that knows your thoughts from afar. He can see all of what you think about and pray about. He sees the deepest desires of your heart. Because those desires that you have that come to you from time to time about the things of God, it's Jesus that's putting them there. The glimpses of the promised land, the purpose. That God puts in all of us. We're here in this place. I said it yesterday. I'm probably going to be saying this for a while. It's still just kind of overwhelming me. Overwhelming beyond measure. What started as a just, I never forget, I went to church, I was so broken. Man, I was so fatherless. I was beyond fatherless. Scared of my shadow. I had no sense of nothing. And I never forget, before I walked in that church, I started weeping uncontrollably just walking into the that church that day. broken, lost, as Bree and were singing, and it was just that amazing grace, the grace of God. That day, it was like the Lord just pulled back heaven today and just made himself just spiritually, I just knew 
something had happened to me. Well, one day I was clubbing it, lost, trying to find hope, drunk in the morning. I was drunk at noon because I worked at a place called Westside Beer. So I had beer all the time. I drank beer like drinking coffee. I was just trying to find God in all the wrong places. There was no rhyme or reason or purpose of my life. I just went through it mundane, just doing the same thing over and over again. But that day, that God, made himself tangibly real. And I came to Jesus. And I remember I was in church for a while where I was. It was a charismatic church. If you know anything about the charismatics, man, we loud and, you know, just, just loud. <laughs> like rock band loud. <laughs> I just, and you know, and I did that for a year or so. And I remember sitting in the back of a sanctuary like this and just sitting there. I said, okay, is this it? Is this all it is? Is this, is this the Christian experience? Is this, is, is this the, the end? Okay, I'm all right, Lord, I'm here. Is this it? And I remember, I started, I started, it started with that question. Is this it? I can hear the Holy Spirit. No, son, there's much more. Because up until this time, I had never even considered, the thought had never come into my mind that there was, an, there was a, a reason for my birth. And I can remember, God says, you're going to be a preacher. Oh no, that can never happen, God, because I cannot talk. And see, I understand it because I, was, I had the distortion that, well, my words didn't come out right. So surely I can't be Barack Obama up here and masterful with the words. So I said, no, God. I started giving God all the reasons why he is, th that thought can't be in my mind. And I tried to push it out, and God says, no. I've called you to be one that will proclaim my word. And I just, baby steps along the way, baby steps of faith. And you know what, brothers and sisters? All of them little stories have led to what we're witnessing today. A God who's faithful. A God who says to each of us, our confidence is in him and we will see, 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 and we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, not when we get into the by and by, but here in the land of the living, and we will see the goodness of the Lord. That's why we're in Fairfield, to tell people that there is a promised land, that there's more to what you're seeing and what you're experiencing. There is more. There's a God who's good, and he has sent his son 
who will fulfill his purposes in us and through us. I love the end of the text in Psalms 38, he says, and the psalmist says, and do not abandon the work of your hands. Brothers and sisters, God has not abandoned the work of his hands. He has not abandoned the work of his hands and he never will. And God said, I want you to always know that he who has begun the good work in you and some of you, you're just in the early stages of this Christian journey from Egypt to the promised land. See, I don't want you to see, well, you, people say, man, look at this. Look what God is doing. But this has, been a, this has been a story. If Abraham was here, he would say to you, man, I wish God would have brought Isaac the second week that he told me. But it didn't come like that. If Joseph was here, Joseph would say, man, I wish God would have brought me to the place of power and second over all the earth in Egypt in the third week. But Joseph said, but it didn't come like that. It was years, ups and downs, bruises, suffering, pain, distractions. And Abraham would say, I lost faith along the way. But Abraham would say, but I'm here to tell you, saints, I'm here to tell you, New Testament saints, the one who sits high, he will not abandon the work of his hands. He will not give up on you. He will not let you down. He is faithful to fulfill his purpose in you. He will not let you down. He will not abandon the work of his hands. You know what God does in all of that? Some of you, if you're a Christian here today, you may have very little faith, just enough to believe Jesus is Lord. And you're like, where is this thing going? How is it going to work out? How am I going to work a job? All those things, Jesus says, the pagans and the people of this world, that's what they're always worrying about, what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, where they're going to sleep, where they're going to... No, that's just the world. The world is always anxious. What's going to happen with the market? The world is like, they don't know what to do. It's just like... <laughs> like, should I invest in it? Should I not? You know, that's just the world. And Jesus says, don't be like the pagans. They're worried and anxious about a lot of things. But you seek first the kingdom. You pursue the promised land. You pursue that for which you were made for. God, let it be known to me. I've called you to do exactly what you're doing here today. And you know how I know, saints? Remember I said Jesus knows us. Though by the time I walk up, do what I do, my little rituals, most of us is just, Lord, you know I need you. It's all fear, <laughs> doubt. And then I get up here, Brother Josh, and then I start preaching. And then I just feel like I got that extra help. It's like, where the help coming from? Is that DJ back here blowing like this? <laughs> where, where's that help coming from? I can feel it. I can sense it. You know what it is? It was like, God says, that's what you was born for. Joseph, you was born to lead. When you're reading the Bible, please 
Do not read it abstract. These men and women were just like you and I. And here's what you see. They were lost, met God, rest is history. They fulfilled the purpose of that which God had called them to. That's why I had Karen read Hebrews. It's the same thing with you. Here's what you're going to see. Man, that, what's, what, what's going on in What happened? Could God have done it without me? Sure he could. He can do what he, God can do. But God is about God. He likes to bring praise to his name. So he takes feeble, afraid, broken, distorted, marred people. Because we were marred in the darkness of the world. As Chad read, he takes us from that darkness and he brings us into that marvelous light. And here's what Peter said, so that we will show forth the praises of him. Now it's back to that Genesis text, snapshot of God in a broken world. I will tell you, and I must tell you the truth, have I, in this long journey to what we're witnessing today, have fallen down countless times on this pursuit to the promised land. I've had many detours and setbacks and trips back to Egypt. You know, every night you just gotta go back to Egypt. Some of y'all go back and see your boys and your old girlfriend and just sit and listen to them. Don't say it and just watch them and say, man, that's how I used to be. You just gotta remind yourself what God brought you out of. Like, man, I used to, you know, when I go with my friends in the barbershop, the ones I grew up with in Grand Rapids, and, you know, you just, and I just listened to them. I said, man, can these guys say a word without cursing? All they're doing is just cursing. And the Lord said, that's how you used to be. It's like, wow. So when you go back, go back to Auburn to sit me. This is what I used to do. You will run out of there so fast. <laughs> you just have to remind yourself. I went back a few times. I went back, my friend says, Louisville, they call me Louisville. What are you back here for? I said, man, well, I'm going through a divorce and Christianity thing ain't working out. <laughs> I thought I was going to be a preacher, but I got a divorce on my record now, so I don't know what that is. So I started trying to eat back in the clubs and stuff. So I got to come on in there. They just want you to see. So I went on in there one night, you know, I got how to dance my little moves. <laughs> so I was in there. <laughs> and I don't know what they be doing now. There's that new hip out there. They got all kinds of moves. But I'm in there. I'm like, people look different. It's like, man. I was going like this the whole night. I was like, what in the world? Man, what's that on you? Holy, holy Moses. Like, man, man, you got something on you. But they didn't see it. But I saw it. It's like, man, you got a demon in you, bro. And you don't even know it. And I never forget, man, I was in that club in Grand Rapids. Uh, it was called the Legion. And I mean, I'm on the wall. And so I was looking at people. Louisville, you gonna come dance? No, man, I'm, I'm stuck on the wall like this. I'm Michael Jackson on the wall for real. <laughs> and I don't want to get off the wall. They say, man, what's wrong with you? Man, <laughs> y'all see yourselves? All this demonic, bruh, that's all they took for me to be in Egypt. I ain't been back to a club since. 
had many detours and setbacks. But God is faithful in his love. This is why we need this. Because in my weakest moments, I had to be reminded over and over again, over and over again, that he would not abandon the works of his hands. And he has not abandoned his work. This is why the Lord has given to us two sacraments. The baptism, which tells us of his faithfulness, is not of you. So that's why we do baptism. That's why we baptize infants. It's not of the infant's faith. It's of God's faithfulness. That God will keep his covenant promises to you and to your children's children and those who are far off. So he gives us this sacrament of communion. Simple elements. Sandra and I was at a church last week and I, I said, we gotta figure out what they, they had both, they had fake wine and they had real wine. And they had two services. The first time I had the cheap wine, it wasn't wine, it was just Kool-Aid. I mean, Sandra the second said, I like that wine, so we gonna get the real wine. <laughs> so, but it's just wine. But it represents something. He represents that he's faithful. That's what we're singing in the land of the living. He's faithful to bring you and I to that eternal city, which is the true overall promised land, where there will be no more mourning, there will be no more tears, there will be no more crying. And you and I will be the true people that we were made to be in the first place. And so the Lord says, he gives us this, this meal so you're weary, you're somewhere between on the outskirts of Egypt and you're looking back at Pharaoh and say, man, man, maybe I should go and try and be amigos. <laughs> Somebody sent me a video of a guy, I ain't gonna mention his name, but <laughs> the guy probably be a rapper. <laughs> I'm just like me. <laughs> like, help me, Jesus. <laughs> you know, somebody wanna be amigos? Still got a hope and dream that you're gonna be a famous world rapper? Make millions of dollars. Some of us a little farther along down the road, but you're just you're tired right now. You're weary. You don't know which way to go. You don't know if I should I stick with this Christianity thing? Should I just go back to Egypt and just give it all back to and try that way? Maybe I shouldn't have did it the way I listened to Pastor Alton and, and <laughs> made some faith commitments. Now I don't know if I can keep them. This meal is for you. And you're just weary, you're just tired. Sin has just got you on, you know, sin has just, sin, there are moments in this season of life where sin just seems to be winning in your life. You get bitter, you get angry, you have some, some, some regrets, some people are abandoning you in the process of this thing called life, and man, you can become as callous as a callous on your hand. I've seen it, where you stop living. You stop believing. And you stop believing that God is a God who is faithful in the land of the living to bring you through. This meal reminds you that the God of the Bible, the God who has come in the human form, born of a virgin, the God who went to the cross, says, I will never leave you, I will never abandon you, I will never forget you. Brothers and sisters, that's my story. That's my story. God says, trust me. These last nine years, there were moments when I was at my last moment. God says, trust me. Trust me. And so he comes to this. 
table, he says, for I received from the Lord, 1 Corinthians 11, what I also passed on to you, that on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, which is his body. And when he had given things, he broke it and said, this is my body. It's all the bread, it just represents his body. He will not abandon the works of his hands. That's for promise to you. And he says, when you see this bread, this is my body, which is for you. He says, do this in remembrance of me. Remembrance of what? What he's done to bring you and I to the promised land. And then in the same way, he took the cup. And after supper, he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Jesus shed his blood. He says, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. He says, for often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So if you, if that story makes sense to you, and I say it this way, I heard a guy say it the way last week, and I thought, I'm gonna use that, that's pretty good. If it makes sense to you, what I just said about the body of Jesus being the bread, his blood being shed, if that makes sense to you, then this meal is for you. But if that story doesn't make sense to you, the word of God tells me and all preachers and pastors to tell you to refrain from this table until it does make sense to you. And then you come as much as all the others to partake, to be encouraged that he's faithful to fulfill all of his purpose in you and bringing you to the promised land. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so as we prepare our hearts for this meal. We thank you, Father, that um, that you are a God who's faithful to bring us not only in this life, but also for the life to come. The true ultimate promised land where we would see you and there will be no need for no light to be there because you will be the light. For even now, you are the light of man in their hearts. Father, I pray that, that this day will be a special reminder to us all. As many of us, Lord, who've been a part of this church plant, it's a reminder, Lord, that you who starts to work in us, that you are the one who's faithful to bring it to pass. And every one of us, Father, have been called by you, made by you, to live out that purpose, that promised land life, that show forth your praises. And Lord, we may be beaten up, weary and well-doing, discouraged, faint-hearted, pray here today, Nourish us through your truth that you will not abandon us in the midst of this journey of life. Come Holy Spirit, touch us now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Michael's gonna give the directions what we need to do. Shall guys come? We're gonna take it all at one time, so just take it, go back to your seats, and then we'll do it all at one time. You got one.